This podcast is brought to you by the badasses over at Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Drown ideology in beer. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, John Denman. John Denman. All right, this is Drink of Ages. I am John Denman, your host for the next hour for your weekly craft beer and music radio show. It's a fun little thing that we do. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Uh, this is the end of 2015. Hope everybody you know was treated well by this year. 2016 is looking to be pretty exciting. I know for the radio show in particular, we have quite a bit of things coming up that... Uh, yeah, we'll let you know. We'll let you know as as um, as the year moves on. But one thing for sure is in February, get ready for our third anniversary party. Three years they've let me on a microphone drinking beer, and it looks like we're gonna go into a fourth. So, third year anniversary party is coming up. But you can uh, listen to it. if you've missed any of the shows. You want to go back and listen to some of the old ones. You can find them on drinkofages.com or you can find them on iTunes. And that is sponsored by Buffalo by Brewing Company. And speaking of brewing companies, this show is brewed up by Firestone Walker Brewing Company's 805 Blind L that is hitting the shelves coming up real soon. That's a damn good beer. 4.7%, I believe. Easy drinking. Uh, Pretty much perfect for any occasion. So look for that hitting the shelves pretty soon. But our guest on tonight's show, our music guest, is Rich O'Toole and the executive director of the Texas Craft Brewers Guild, Charles Valenright. So, Charles, man, we're actually hanging out over here at Rockwell Grill. Yep. Yep, right in my neighborhood. This is great. It's great to be uh, near home and, and having great craft beer. Well, let's, real quick about Rockwell Grill. It's off of Telgi Road here in Cyprus. Uh, Tiffany and the gang up here do a great job, not only with the beer selection, but some phenomenal food. So if you've never tried it out, definitely stop by Rockwell and, and get some of this. But... Excellent beer selection, and I'm enjoying some Hop Solo from No Label. Yep, so am I. Great, uh, you know, great to have Texas beer, and um, love some hops. So it's great to, to have this beer. And it's just such a just well, just a badass name, Hop Solo. I mean, this it's it's amazing when people come up with names. They're like, I can't believe no one's thought of that one yet, and right. that's one of them right. for a single hop series beer, Hop yeah. Solo, especially yeah. right now with. Yeah, what's that movie that just came out? Um, um, Star not Trek. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Trek Wars. Yeah, something. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty good stuff out there. And Katie that they're doing. But let's talk about the Texas Craft Brewers Guild for a little bit. And so, what exactly is that? So we're basically we're a trade association representing craft breweries across the state. So you know um, we have both operating breweries that are members. We have breweries that are in planning, you know, guys working on their business plan and stuff, our members, and we do advocacy, which means we're up at the, at the um, state capitol doing legislative activity, working with KBC and regular stuff. The only stuff. show on planet education Earth for the dedicated brewers. to craft beer, for the brewers, spirits, so and really music. A, Welcome to um, Drink of Ages. You know, Please welcome your host, your luminary, you know, John Dinman. Kind of organization, um, industries, and we want to 
help keep it that way and keep growing craft beer for Texas? That's one thing that I've noticed with doing the show and meeting so many people in the brewing industry, all the way from the, the owners who are barely part of it to the owners that are hands-on to the guys that are washing the kegs. They all just have that passion. They're all, But there's just such a fun group of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, everyone, everyone's a lot of fun. We um, have a lot of meetings and get together on a regular basis, and it's great just to see brewers, you know, talking to brewers. And um, we do annual an annual meeting where we get all the brewers from across the state together. And when you get these guys that haven't, you know, the guys from Dallas who haven't seen the guys from Houston in a, in a six months to a year and the guys from Austin in that long a period of time, it's great to see them get together and just connect. And there's so much for them to connect on. I mean, the conversations these guys have are just deep beer conversations. It's great. Yeah, I witnessed some of that at the last Brewers Guild meeting until the bottle share happened. <laughs> then it got really deep. <laughs> was, yeah, I was lucky enough just to hit the surface on that and not, uh, not go too deep. <laughs> so how long have you been in the um, executive director of the Texas Brewers? Texas Craft Brewers Guild. I've been the executive director a little bit over three years. The guild was created in 2009. Um, three years later, they just, they were in a position to bring on a full-time executive director. And uh, three years after that, we've brought on our second person. So we're we're steadily growing. As is the whole brewery scene. I mean, it's just in the three years that you've been involved, there's just been this explosion. And it's doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. No, absolutely. I, when I when I started three years ago, when they gave me the um, the membership list, it was a Word document for, for <laughs> to start with. You know, for, quickly converted that to Excel, and then it was uh, just over forty five members. Uh, I think as of today, while we were sitting here, I got my application for the hundred and eightieth member. That's growing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's we're, quite a we're bit. getting big. I mean, how many breweries are in Texas right now? Well, so that's always a, an interesting number to, to nail down. Um, from the guild standpoint, we have about a 120 operating breweries that are members and in the 60 range that are in planning. Um, these are guys that, you know, they, they range from um, they're just starting their business plan and want to meet other brewers or to guys that are just about to open, you know, any time now, as soon as they get their, um, you know, they finish their, their licensing with the state or the, or the federal government or working with their local municipality. Um, there are, uh, you know, there are more breweries throughout the state of Texas. Um, and, but tr- keeping track of that with like TABC licenses and stuff is a, is a bit of a moving target. So, you know, it's, it's it's approaching probably hundred close to hundred and fifty probably statewide in operation. It's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. some room to grow though. Absolutely, even though I mean that number is great and it's grown substantially since um, you know the the guild came into existence. Uh, we're still per capita, we're still like ranked forty fourth nationwide. So there's a lot of room for growth here in the state of Texas for, for craft breweries. Um, you know, we, the, I, 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 I track uh, what's going on in social media and I see people every once in a while post something about a, a craft beer bubble and like, 
I don't see that in the state of Texas. We have a lot of opportunity, a lot of room. The, the problem with, with social media is that there are so many people out there looking for things to fail yes. for some reason <laughs> in their own miserable lives. They're yes. looking for breweries to fail. They're looking for beer to fail. They're looking just for bash something. So why not... I mean, just just enjoy what we have now and, and what's coming up next. I mean, it's, it's getting pretty exciting. Exactly. Just, you know, keep building on the success. And um, the, the great thing about uh, the brewers we work with is they help each other out. They help, you know, I seeing new brewers come to a meeting and, and talk to veteran brewers and veteran brewers just give them, you know, advice after advice or do it via email. It, it's really fantastic. I can see the guild being extremely helpful right now, especially in this day of age with these new breweries trying to come up. Yeah. And getting to talk to the Brock Wagners and the people that has had the breweries open, they've gone through a lot of different things. Exactly. We, um, in fact, there's a, you know, we do email distribution where brewers are asking questions of other brewers. And um, you know, they ask questions about uh, you know, what's the best way to get a, a truck lift fixed uh what's the you know, i'm missing a hop can anybody supply me a hop so there's there's a, a lot of interaction a lot of great um support um and then we also we we have a great supplier network we call them ally trade members but you know we work with a bunch of great suppliers that provide you know they, they make texas beer possible by you know providing grain or um t-shirts and uh uh, glassware, packaging, uh, accounting, all kinds of stuff. Uh, someone in particular, I will plug them because they're a sponsor of the show, is Cask Branding. <laughs> so if there you, you guys go. need something, yep. cups, shirts, or any of that merchandise, look at the uh, Drink of Ages sponsor, merchandise sponsor, Craft Branding. Yeah, just a little plug real quick. <laughs> That's for you, Rodney. Yeah, there you go, Rodney. <laughs> He'll enjoy it. Well, uh, we're talking with Charles Vollenrat from the Texas Craft Brewers Guild. He is the executive director. I am John Denman. This is Drink of Age. We're going to take a quick break, grab another pint, and come back. Stay tuned. Let's do some Rich O'Toole. Check, check. There we go. It was 1996, and I was barely 15. Only cared about girls and cars and MTV. What did I do? Where did I go wrong? Time for a little gospel in the chill of an early fall. Let me tell you something about the Bible Here's a little playlist country revival well, George and Jesus have always been my best friend When I get in trouble, I always lean on them I know you've up and made some big mistakes, but it's never too late to get into God and George Strait. God and George Strait. Well, there's a mixed up kid standing right in front of me. 
doesn't know about Jesus, never heard of the King. How did I screw this up? Where did I go wrong? Time for the Bible in a little. Well, chill of an early fall. And let me tell you something about the Bible. Here's a little playlist, country revival. Well, George and Jesus have always been my best friends. When I get in trouble, I'll always lean on them. I know you've up and made some big mistakes, but it's never too late to get into God and George straight. Well, God and George Strait So let me tell you something about the Bible well, Here's a little playlist, country revival Well, George and Jesus have always been my best friend when I get in trouble, I always lean on them. I know you've up and made some big mistakes, but it's never too late to get into God and George Strait. Well, God and George Strait. God and your stream. One of my favorite places to go just got better. Rudyard's Pub and Wa. You need to go check out their new tap towers. 20 local lineups, 8 national crafties, 8 imports and ciders, 5 fancy pans, specialty brews, 1 mead, and 1 cold brew coffee tap, plus a newly designed cocktail menu. Still have all your favorites on the menu for lunch and dinner. And don't forget about Chef Joe Appa's world-famous monthly beer dinner happening the last Thursday every month. 2010 Wall Drive, RudyardsPub.com. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DRINK at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DRINK. That's D-R-I-N-K at adamandeve.com. What's up, everybody? This is John from Drink of Ages Radio Show, and a local brewery for you to go out and try is from Cycler's Brewing Company. It is the 5511 Double Red L. What makes it a double? 7.9% ABV does. What makes it red? Well, actually, the roasted malts that they're used is what gives it the red color. 
5511 is a medium body beer that balances well with the piney bitterness from the hops. Available in 12-ounce cans and also on draft at your favorite places. Don't forget to tune in to Drink of Ages every Friday night at 9 p.m. right here on ESPN 97.5. Drink of Ages, we are back. I am your host, John Denman, and we're still talking with Charles Valenrat, the executive director of the Texas Craft Brewers Guild. Kind of doing a quick little recap of 2015 because it was a phenomenal year for not only Houston breweries that a lot of people are familiar with, but I mean, well, breweries all over the, the world for the most part. The, the boom wasn't just local. It was everywhere. But uh, we, did see, we did see a couple breweries shut down in Texas, which, you know, there's different ideas and theories on why that happened. But we also saw so many open up. Right. And the economic growth from those, just for the state of Texas, had to be had to be huge. Yeah, um, within the state, Texas has, I believe, the I'm gonna I quote some numbers from the BA. So the Brewers Association is a great source for numbers, but Texas has the third largest um, economic impact based on craft beer nationwide. So that includes that includes Texas uh, produced craft beer as well as other craft beer coming into the state. Texas is just a really big market for craft beer. So um, you know, once again, we produce the. Yeah, I think we follow California and Colorado as far as our overall craft beer economic impact. So that's craft beer sales. That's jobs related to craft beer through production, distribution, down into retail. Um, so, and that, that uh, I'm going to not get my exact number here, um, but it's over $3 billion in economic impact annually uh, from craft beer in the state of Texas. And, uh, but once again, if we look at that per capita, you know, third in an overall number, an absolute number, but on a per capita number, we're about thir- in the 30s. 33, I believe, was the, the last number I saw. Yeah, so, that number couldn't be greatly increased real easily. Exactly. So we, have, we definitely have room to grow craft beer in Texas. So what do you think? I know that, that there were some legislation, legislative issues. That's a hop solo talking. <laughs> but the, some legislative issues that actually were beneficial that were passed. And there's still a few more hurdles to kind of go to open up a lot of distributing, uh, a lot of different things just to get beer out to people. But what do you think's the the biggest hurdle right now for breweries? Well, one of the things uh, that we always have to do when we remind our brewers on a regular basis is we have to protect our base, right? We did have, as you mentioned, uh, 2013 was a, a really positive year for Texas craft beer legislatively. Uh, we got some really positive gains from changes to the law for brew pubs, really loosened up the brew pub laws, uh, allowed manufacturing breweries to sell in the, in the tap rooms, all really, really good progress. But what we have to watch is that, you know, that there are um, lobbyists out there lobbying for industries that kind of want to dial back some of those capabilities. So we want to make sure that doesn't happen. That's our, always our first priority. Um, and then, you know, we, we have an ongoing legislative uh, uh, agenda that we work up. But the, the big thing that, you know, we talked about in 2015, we'll continue to talk about, is to allow manufacturing breweries that can sell in the tap room 
to be able to sell off-premise as well. And you'll see, um, you know, there's a, even a couple of lawsuits going on from member breweries that are addressing. One addresses the taproom sales, um, and then there's another that uh, addresses distribution rights. So we, we monitor those and watch what's happening with the, those, uh, those activities. And then, um, but the guild isn't directly involved in those lawsuits, but then we, we work the legislative side, we work the regulatory side too. We do a lot of uh, work with TABC to make sure we're, they're able to communicate to our brewers and getting information out to our brewers and stuff like that. Um, but you know, really the big thing for, you know, the, if I had to, give you a, a, an absolute what we really want right now is to get taproom sales for off-premise consumption. I'd like to be able to go to a St. Arnold or go to a Carbach and buy a growler and take that home, buy a, a, a six-pack or a case and take that home. And uh, we want to make that consistent for our manufacturing breweries just like uh, the brew pubs can do, uh, wineries can do, and distilleries can do. So we want to get a level playing field. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense why you can't. But there were a lot of laws that dealt with beer that didn't make a whole lot of sense when it could work for this alcohol, but it cannot work for that alcohol. Right. And there's incremental changes. The legislative process is it's a it's a long view, long term planning kind of process and it's about increment you know, you have to make incremental changes. So we made some really good changes in two thousand thirteen. And we have uh, our site set on additional changes going forward. So We'll keep, you know, we really hope that we'll, we'll get some, um, some, make some headway in 2017, but, you know, we know that there's 2019, 2021 uh, legislative agendas that we, ha we have to be working on. Charles Valenrat, the executive director of the Texas Craft Brewers Guild, is hanging out with us. Um, yeah, the, the big topics right now is AB InBev buying these breweries and buying more and more, and... Yeah, that, that has a lot of people worried that that's going to have a huge impact for shelf space, uh, distri distribution for a whole lot of different things. Do you see much of an impact really with that at this time, or is it something just to watch out for? I would, you know, I would leave that, that question to some of the brewers. I would certainly say it's something we want to watch out for, anything that could potentially restrict access to uh, ingredients, markets, um, anything that makes it, you know, that, that, that helps the craft brewers get to market that could become limited is something we want to keep an eye on. But um, I, can't, I can't point to any specific issues right now in the state of Texas, but um, I bet if you ask some of our members, some of them might be able to point to a couple of examples. Maybe they just weren't offering enough money yet. Because, <laughs> I mean, some of these price tags they're putting on these breweries. The, the multiples are pretty, pretty interesting. Um, yeah, there, there's some, some really big premiums for some of these breweries. And, uh, you know, I, that, that kind of money is, is very, very attractive. Um, luckily, a lot of people in the state of Texas have gotten into this because of the passion for craft Craft, brew, uh, craft beer and, and brewing and getting into the, the community and, you know, the craft beer fans and, and selling the beer. And so, you know, we'll, hopefully we'll, we'll have um, our guys stay local, but we'll, we'll see what happens. The, the billion dollars is a big number. 
It's hard to walk away from a billion dollars. It's hard to when when you you know what I'm going to fund my brewery on the moon with with my billion dollars. Yes, you could do that. <laughs> exactly, you could do that. Well, one thing uh, uh, I know you used to brew a lot of beer. Are you still brewing any beer? Did you get a uh, I, chance to? I, I it's been a little bit of time since I brewed beer. Um, I did recently get a new system and uh, brewed a, a California Common at the house. So uh, it's. Just bottled it recently, so I'm hoping to try that soon. Haven't I don't I don't know that I brewed the last time I brewed was probably the beer that became Valkyrie. <laughs> so it's it's been a while. Which is a phenomenal beer. Thanks. Yes, that is delicious. I did not know that was yours. Yep, yep. That was we won a my I uh, brew with my brother in law and we won a um, won the pro am a pro am at Southern at Star, Star and yeah. that uh, became the pro am four and then became Valkyrie. So we're very mm. happy about that. Yeah, that's an excellent beer. So what, what's coming up? I know that the Brewers Guild puts on several different events throughout the year, and yep. I know we were talking about the Firkin Fest will be the next one, correct? Yeah, the, the next event, um, we'll be announcing specific dates early in 2016, but uh, we'll have a Houston Firkin Fest coming up in the spring, and uh, that'll you know what we do at the Firkin Fest, it's cast-conditioned beers. We get one-off beers from primarily local breweries, um, some larger regional breweries throughout the state, and they're all cast-conditioned, great, interesting beers that you just don't, you know, you're not going to be able to pick up a six-pack of these things. Um, and we get about, you know, it's, it's, it's an intimate event. We'll have about between five and to 700 people at the event, and it's a great chance to talk to the brewers and try these unique beers. So we'll do a Houston Firkin Fest in the spring. We'll do a North Texas Firkin Fest um, late spring, early summer time frame. And then we have our big annual festival in Austin in September, the Texas Craft Brewers, uh, Texas Craft Brewers Festival, about 5,000 people. Last year we had 66 Texas-only breweries there. And um, if, we can, if we can squeeze in a few more tents, we'll see if we can do that. But uh, we'll see if we can increase that a little bit. We certainly have enough breweries we just got to create a little bit more land in the park that we're at. Yeah. We have to go with the 8x8 eight eight foot instead of 10x10. Ten exactly. So let's exactly. a couple more in. <laughs> yep. So how do people get involved with the Guild as either a brewery, a brew pub, or just a business that wants to get involved? Um, we have a, a, a website, TexasCraftBrewersGuild.org, and we have a bunch of information on there. Um, there's a... a um, one tab for a list of our members, which includes, you know, we have them listed out by brewery and brew pub. We have our in-planning breweries listed there, as well as our allied trade members listed there. There's a tab for membership. You click on that, and it takes you to the applications for becoming a brewery and planning member or an operating brewing member or an allied trade member. And um, coming soon, a little preview here, we have a map. Uh, we're going to have a, a map on our website that will we'll show all of our members, um, just like you see our member list. Now you'll be able to see them in a map format and, you know, address. And then you click on a, you click on a, a brewery. It'll show you the description of that brewery, show you their recent tweets. And we're working on making sure it also shows you operating hours. That's a big, big deal. Yes. So uh, it'll be a great source for, you know, your, you want to go check uh, operating hours for a brewery. You'll be able to check this map out. And that's going to be at TexasCraftBrewersGuild.org. Correct. Yeah. 
All right, Charles, thanks for uh, hanging out and having a beer with us. Thanks. Thanks for having me, John. It's great. I always enjoy having the Hop Solo. Hop Solo. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break, and when we get back, we're going to have Rich O'Toole in the studio. Stay tuned. Drink of Ages. Summertime in the front yard, hosing down my old car. Oops, I missed to sprayed my little boy. He teams up with mom to get me back. There's an all-out soap and water attack. Baby girl, she cries from all the noise. Well, that's the way we love around here. No holding back, no fear. Whole lot of sunshine, that'll dry up any tear. What we have is all we need, a real-life happy family. I don't know how it's done out there, but that's the way we love around here. Yeah. Dinner time at the table. We thank God that we're able. No phones, TV while we're here. Night lights and sleepy heads. Story and prayer and they're tucked in bed. Take my bride and for a while we disappear. Well, that's the way we love around here. No holding back, no fear. Whole lot of sunshine that'll dry up any tear. What we have is all we need, a real life happy family. I don't know how it's done out there, but that's the way we love Sunday morning, rush around. Hear the preacher say people slow it down. Baby girls sleep in mama's arms. Back home, got a roast in the oven. Grandmother's getting grandkids loving. And granddad wants to move back to the farm. Well, that's the way we love around here. No holding back, no fear. Whole lot of sunshine that'll dry up any tears. What we have is all we need, a real life happy family. I don't know how it's done out there, but that's the way we love around here. That's the way we love around here. That's the way we Thank you, Daryl Dodd. Hey, beer friends. John Didman from Drink of Ages Radio Show here. Coming to our area from California's Central Coast is Firestone Walker Brewing Company's 805 Blondell. Light, refreshing, with an ABV of 4.7%. 805 is a versatile beer with a touch of hops and very clean finish. Look for the black and white cans or you can find it on draft. You want to try a badass beer? Then get some 805 Blondell from Firestone Walker. Listen to Drink of Ages, Friday nights at 9 p.m. on ESPN 97.5 FM. 
Hey everybody, this is John from Drink of Ages and a great beer you need to go try a Sweetwater 420 Extra Pale Ale. This tasty West Coast style Pale Ale drinks an easy 5.7% ABV and goes perfect while sitting by the grill listening to the steak sizzle. Grab a pint or pick up a six pack all over town and check them out at sweetwaterbrew.com. Listen Fridays at 9pm on ESPN 97.5 for more beer talk and live music on Drink of Ages radio show. If you'd like to market your business to the craft beer community, please contact Drink of Ages at 832-617-0201. That's 832-617-0201. Or message us at facebook.com slash drinkofages. Find us on Twitter at hashtag drinkofages. And get all contact and podcast info at drinkofages.com. Whether a startup brewery or distillery or you've been around for years, the badass folks at Cast Branding has to be your go-to source for branded merchandise and apparel. Cast Branding does it all, from imprinted glassware, coasters, koozies, tin tackers, and bottle openers to dickies and red cap work shirts, t-shirts, and caps. Their apparel decorating options are top-notch, offering embroidery and the latest trends in screen printing, using water-based and discharge inks to achieve that super soft feel. Artwork services and samples are always free. Why go out of town or use multiple supplies for your branded merchandise? Keep it local like we do. Let the badasses at Cast Branding, the official merchandise sponsor of Drink of Ages, kick your branded merchandise and apparel up a notch. Give them a call at 855-376-7638 or check them out at castbranding.com. All right, Drink of Ages, we are back on and we are in the studio now with Rich Tool. What's up, man? You know, actually, actually a lot, a lot going on. Let's right now, we're, we've got the pint tower of glasses working right now. That's building up nicely. That's a lot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it gets a nice little lean the more you stack it. Does it go left to right when it leans? What's, uh, what does it naturally do? Well, who's facing it? Is, that is, is the thing. Well, that actually is going, the most important It's going to question. your left right now and to mine to my right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, in that situation, it's like, who's really, like, which direction is it coming from? Because, right. you know, then that brings up a lot more questions. But <laughs> never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. But, uh, hey, welcome, Drink of Ages. Welcome back to Firehouse Saloon. I love drinking. Yes, it's great to be here. It is, man. And, um... Man, this is uh, three years now, four yeah, years? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm from Houston, and uh, when I come visit my parents uh, in Houston, we always play Firehouse on Christmas night. So um, now we, this year, this year we kind of turned into, I uh, got a bunch of young songwriters on the bill, so it's turned into kind of like a little festival songwriting deal, but it's so cool. And it's been hot this year, and it was raining, and... This year wasn't the best. It didn't feel like Christmas, so we're lucky to have the people we have here. But other than that, that's great to be here. I, you know, I grew up playing my first shows at the Firehouse, so it's almost like a homecoming. Oh, Very wait. much so. It's yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> it's a homecoming. In my twenties, I would get carried out of here, and now I kind of stumble out. So the first show that I saw at Firehouse, we, yeah, the Statue of Limitations is over, but I came up here and watched David Allen Coe play and wow, I was that's like great. 19 years old and just walked right in like I knew because I had a beard then since I was like eight I think so I you were like Billy Gibbons or like yes. wow Billy Gibbons is here there's always just walked right in and uh, yeah, yeah man it was fantastic I, that was the first time I came here and it was just such a badass place it was good nice 
Yeah, but man, so now you're out living in, in nice California. Well, you know, I just moved to Nashville a you, month ago. Okay. Uh, and so we were doing our next record in Nashville, and it just made sense. I, you know, I didn't want to move there, to be honest, but the whole team's there, and what we're doing is we're putting out this record, and um, we're touring a lot more on the East Coast, and it just made a lot of sense. It was so hard to tour at Los Angeles and play in the Midwest and Texas as much as we do. So, you know, it was it was a great move, and it's a fun city. There's a lot of negativity around that word when you say the word Nashville and people the taste of people's mouth, and that's not why I moved there. We just moved there because uh, the team and the, we're recording an album there and has nothing to do with when people say that word or Nashville. Name. I know. You always yeah. hear that. People are like, oh, Nashville, Nashville they sell out. And like, dude, it's just a city. It's just a town. Jason Isbell lives there. It's actually a badass town. It's an amazing town. Yes. So. Don't ever take that word in a negative context. It's just, you know. I, I've had a lot of fun in Nashville. I too. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, wait, we're on the radio. Never mind. It, <laughs> but, yeah, I have had a lot of fun in Nashville. But, um, but yeah, man, I, it's, it's a pretty place. It's not, you know, awesome beaches and pretty much 85-degree weather and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I, had a, I had a great time in L.A., and I, I plan on moving back there again. Um, what actually got you down there in L.A.? I just wanted something different. You know, I was living in Houston. Um, I was touring with the band, and, uh, you know, I didn't want to move to Nashville yet. I was tired of living in Austin. Uh, I lived in Houston my whole life, and I thought that, and I, it was, and I was right. And I made a lot of good friends, and I wrote the whole, you know, I wrote about 30 songs out there and made some of the best connections I possibly made. And I said, I'm going to go out and live in L.A. I'm going to surf and write and uh, do my thing and have a lot of fun, and I did that. LA's a LA's a great city. People have, people see the Kardashians, they see these plastic, you know, stuff and they think, oh, that's what LA is. It's like, no. No. LA is a really cool city that has really cool people. Just like Houston, just like Nashville. Yeah, Every city has like, great yeah, like everyone has great people, you know. No, I like it. I think Los Angeles is a badass place. Yeah. And on top of that, there there's a lot of pretty awesome breweries in Southern California. Oh, man, San Diego? San Diego. Green Flash is one of my favorite breweries. I love Green... I have been so feeling awesome on Green Flash. I, I feel there's something in that beer that just makes you feel just... Extra special. Phenomenal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my favorite brewery is actually out of San Diego is Green Flash. Green Flash is fantastic. So, Green Flash, you're listening to this. Please mail a bunch of beers to <laughs> P.O. Box 9 to... I'm joking. Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> Yeah, because there's not as many breweries in Tennessee that you're going to find in Southern California. No, there's not. Yeah. Yeah, and they're also, they're like the leading of it. Because the wine, you have Napa, and in Southern California, the breweries, they're kicking some they're kicking some butt, man. Yep. No, it's great. Uh, I, I enjoyed the time there, but I enjoyed the time in Nashville as well. Uh, it was cool going down. The thing that I liked about Nashville, and I can understand, like, being a, you know, Try to avoid that. It's like you're talking about, um, you know, when you hear Nashville, that's where you want to try to make this weird country music. That's what you hear on a lot of radios today is being produced out of right, Nashville. Right, of course, yeah. But, um, but if you ever get a chance to go, anybody listen, I mean, there's so many badass little bars of some really phenomenal musicians that sit around playing great music. And this is great. I mean, I know y'all are, you know, a, it's uh, a radio format that's dedicated to beer, you know, here first. And there's some great breweries in Tennessee that have really been coming up. You know, you have Yazoo, you have uh, Good People. Um, I love, I do more beer tasting in Nashville than I do anything else. 
and so no, it's a really great city to visit. It's it's really a lot of fun town, and they have the you know I'm really into barbecue, and uh, I've been interning once a week under a guy that cooks whole pigs once a week, and so I've been learning how to cook whole pig. Um, so man, uh, that town is full of art when it comes to food and beer, and I consider food and beer art. So <laughs> that, that's yeah, absolutely. But um, interning on how to cook whole pigs. Yeah, I, I could certainly do that, man. That, that's it's a lot of fun. I do about four hours a week, um, and we put the pig on there, and I learn how to cook a whole pig, and that's something I'm into. You know, I, if you see my Instagram, I'm dedicated to uh, uh, this blog. It's called Big Butts and Taco Trucks, and then uh, it started with someone asked me what I look for in a woman, and I said I like a girl with a giant butt, and I love tacos, and we just put it together. And, um, and so it came. It came Every about. Every man's dream. I, it came absolutely. about the way that uh, I really want to write a, cook, a cookbook called uh, Tacos with O'Toole. And so right now I've got an intern on how to actually. I love to cook at home, but I want to see how it's done commercially, and then write the book. So I've been doing. I've been studying a lot of barbecue. Yeah. Rich O'Toole's hanging out with us. We're talking food, but he's actually a musician. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't know plays, it. Plays some pretty badass music. Uh, you've been playing for for quite some time. Uh, well, your debut album was 2007, right? Yeah, 2000. Yeah, end of 2006, begin 2007. 17. That's my first record came out. And since then, how many things? Because you look on iTunes, you got a bunch of stuff on there. We've had five albums come out. Um, quite a bit. There's uh, seven to eight different singles that are on records. Um, and it's been really great. You know, we've, our stats have been really great. Um, it, it's it's been a fun job, and it's been a, you know I just turned 32, so. From 23 to 32, it's been a, a hell of a journey, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, playing music, living in California. Uh, how long were you in Austin? I lived in Austin for three years. Uh, I loved Austin. I, moved, I, I made enough money touring uh, when I was 28 to buy. I bought a loft in downtown Houston. I was there for six months, and I said, if I stay here, I'm going to end up with a, a gut and marry some groupie because uh, that's what's just going to happen. I know it. I had to explore. So I still own it downtown. So I don't, my, all my proper, all my taxes go to Texas still. And uh, I, went, I went to California. So, Not too bad. Uh, yeah. What, what's, um, talk, about the, talk about the weather. Is that the latest single you have out? It was. Or, I mean, what, what's going on? Uh, yeah, that was out. Uh, there's a new single coming out called Back to Back. Um, not the Drake song, but it's a country <laughs> song called Back to Back about two lovers that lay back to back in bed. And, that can't um, be good. No, it's not good. It's not good for business. No. And um, so what um, – talk about what did great things. It'll be announced, I think, uh, uh, in two days that it was the the chart comes out. There's the number ninth song on country radio in Texas uh, played for the 2015. So Nice. Number nine of – of the year so man we were very blessed to have that single out and it did really well i mean you killed so. it you killed it on the texas charts for yeah no for sure for sure yeah for your whole career very blessed we have a good team radio uh timmy mills paul does all that and you know we're very blessed to work with her and she keeps us on the radio and and doing well so what about your next release uh i'm doing a gangster a gangster rap album yeah perfect so you're no, moving back not. to houston or you yeah, moving back to, to Houston. I mean, which one? Is it Houston or Memphis? <laughs> no, no, yeah, Memphis, right. Uh, no, the next release, uh, I think that, I think, when, I think I haven't really told anyone yet, but I think the next album is going to be called uh, American Kid. 
and it's a uh, country rock album with about 14 songs on it, and it's uh, a great record. I have all the songs written. I'll probably write. I'll probably cut two, write four more, flip them, and make the best record. And we'll record that record. Most of it's recorded. We'll finish it up in February, and then um, come out with a big release before uh, before uh, the summer. Um. Back to barbecue, because food's a really important part of my life. I mean, music is fun, but uh, cooking whole pigs. Barbecue sauce. I mean, do you go brown sugar or do you go vinegar? I mean, what, what's... I'm always, I'm all, I love vinegar. You know, brown sugar, I think it, it's always about how you want to structure what you're eating. So with a, with a, with a pulled pork and a pig and... Uh, chicken-based stuff. Vinegar sometimes can break down the fibers that are internally in the fat. If you want to get nerd on some stuff, vinegar-based barbecue is better for that. Now the honey you want on like ribs, some of the more fattier pork. Sometimes a little bit on brisket you can get it that way too. So you know, you know, it's just serving the right thing to complement. Barbecue sauce like is like wine. You, you complement with what what you're eating, what the food you're eating. So uh, I love both. You know. And I'm looking for that cookbook. <laughs> uh, com. Get your information, and hopefully sometime this year we'll find that cookbook on there. I hope so. Hopefully it'll come out in 2016, if not 17 for sure. Yeah, but you stuff can on the plate. listen to all your music on there. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify. I mean, it's it's all over the place. It's all on there, yeah. So, badass man, appreciate you coming and hanging out with us. I love it. Uh, Drink of Ages. And then uh, my new show coming out after y'all's Barbecue of Ages uh, next year. <laughs> Check it out now. Thank y'all for having me, man. This is great. And uh, enjoy the show. And let's drink, let's drink some beer tonight. All right, Rich Atul. Uh, let's go get another pint. Drink of Ages. We'll be right back. It's a brand new one. It's called Another Song on the Settlers. If you saw me walking down the street, would you remember my name? If you saw me on the side of the road, would you stop and ask, are you okay? If my name was on the marquee, would you listen to the band play? Or would you? Singing from my soul 
Our friends up at Southern Star Brewing Company have a fantastic IPA out right now. Honesty of Reason is a limited release available in 12-ounce badass cans or on draft. This tasty IPA is 6.8% and will not leave you disappointed. The Simcoe and Amarillo hops give Honesty of Reason exactly what you need from an IPA, a punch in the mouth of citrus and pine. Also, don't miss the Black Crack release party happening at the Old Brewery November 21st. It's going to be the last party at the Old Brewery. Got to get there. SouthernStarBrewing.com. Drink of Ages knows that craft beer fresh from the brewery comes in kegs, not bottles or cans. If you're not going to a bar tonight, take home a Growler, 64 ounces of kick-ass craft beer. At Growler's Beer & Wine to Go, they fill your Growler with a revolutionary system that keeps oxygen out and all the fresh, delicious goodness in. Keep your favorite beer fresh for an entire year, assuming you don't open it and drink it. The freshest craft beer in Houston is at Growler's Beer and Wine to Go, 1005 Wa Drive. Hops are sexy. Welcome back, craft brew lovers, to Drink of Ages. All right, this is the last segment of Drink of Ages. Houston Press, Space City on tap. And one of the things that Houston Press is doing is the 8th Annual Artopia happening Saturday, January 30th, 2016, from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. at 2101 Winter Street Studios. And it does feel weird, to be honest with you, saying 2016, because I'm still not used to saying 2015. Uh, I, I think 2009 still seems about right. I don't know what happened the last six years, but we are at, in 2016 now. Artopia is an evening of culture, fashion, art, music, and food. This one-night event features live music, fashion shows, dance, and theatrical performances, along with galleries filled with works from local artists. Ticket prices include complimentary food, wine, cocktail, and beer sampling. Houston Press also awards local individuals or organizations that have made an impact in the local arts community with a Mastermind Award. Each winner receives a $2,000 check from the press. The Mastermind Awards is sponsored by Estella Artois. The winners will be featured in a special edition of Houston Press and will be honored at the event. HoustonPress.com for not only this, but man, just if you want to find good concerts and different things going on around Houston, go to HoustonPress.com, check it out, and man, find all kind of fun things to do. But uh, man, I don't know. It was a fun show today with uh, Charles Valenrat. From the executive director of Texas Crab Brewers Guild, music guest Rich O'Toole, badass music man, cool guy, cool guy that uh, now apparently lives in Nashville, used to live in Houston, but uh, making some great music, and we had a lot of fun with him tonight. Drink of Ages, yeah, 2015 was a was a great year, a lot of changes. We went from News 92 to ESPN 97.5, went from having. I forgot how many thousands listened to, to quadrupling that in 2015. We had, man, a music side. Music side of the show has been, always been fantastic. It's actually gotten me into some pretty badass events around Houston, just to kind of 
Yeah, not saying that that's what, it, but yeah, it was the music side of it. Uh, 48 bands that we featured on the show this year that we had them out and let them perform live in front of our audience and then put them out in 48 bands that we were able to help promote. We floated 87 kegs during the show this year, which is a new record because we didn't have a keg record before, but now we do. So 2016, we had to go through more than 87 kegs to beat this record, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think the fact that uh, it is a beer show, but it's not that we're just a few people just sitting around just sampling beers. We're actually hanging out drinking beer with people and recording it. And 87 floated kegs from the breweries that we featured and some of our friends that sponsored the show and some other really good beer that we have here at Firehouse Saloon. I think that's pretty badass. We also featured, we had five distilleries on, which was a record for this year because we expanded there has been a, was a couple more distilleries that opened up that we had on the show this year. Had their whiskeys and vodkas and gin and all that on the show, which those typically go south pretty fast. They, they, they go downhill faster than what they should uh, than a normal show because well, I'm not going to say the size of the shots or samples that they were pouring, but a lot of them are really large, and they are used to drinking that like that i am not so much we featured nine new breweries that uh have opened up on the show on top of you know i don't know how many more breweries we had i think 45 and you know some were repeat but we were also able to feature a bunch of different brands from the breweries on the show this year and, and it just goes to show what how big and great the Houston beer scene, the Texas beer scene is really doing right now. I mean, a lot of breweries are producing some fantastic beers, and we definitely sampled a bunch of them on here because, I don't know, if I had to guess on how many beers were drank on the show between um, us and our guests and our uh, studio friends, I, I was going to say 10,000. 10,000 beers, somewhere in that range. Maybe not that high, but... Uh, it was a lot of beers that we sampled, and it was fantastic. But just want to say, you know, appreciate everybody out there listening. I mean, we can't do a show without all of our fans, all of our friends that do listen, all, all the people that download the podcast, man. That That is such a blessing to all of us because it's like, man, you guys really want to listen to the show. And just to see that number every week, it just blows me away that, that you know, we have so many people listening to the show that we sit around and drink beer but hopefully you're drinking beer with us as well and we're all having a good time but 2016 is going to be fun can't wait uh we got a lot of stuff in store from festivals to golf tournaments to so many more breweries opening up and we'll have them on the show plus some badass music listen to the podcast like i was talking about sponsored by buffalo by brewing company by going to drinkofages.com be on the lookout for that Firestone Walker 805 Blonde L. It's hitting the shelves real soon. That beer is delicious. We will be back next week live at Firehouse Saloon on Badlands Radio and ESPN 97.5. Go Texans and go Rockets. Everybody have a good 2016. Happy New Year. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Be safe, Houston, and support the craft beer industry and your local homebrew supply store. 